the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Milanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. Welcome to our show today. We are going to discuss a vitally important topic that is very timely in light of what our government is telling us regarding COVID-19. This topic has wide-ranging ramifications, as we will see. We are going to be discussing vaccines in general and some of the risks of side effects, the proposed COVID vaccine, vaccine law, and the fundamental principle of informed consent. Uh, before we introduce our guest, Mr. Greg Glazier, who is a vaccine rights attorney, I would like to tell a little bit about my own personal experience regarding COVID-19 and vaccines. When this COVID-19 phenomenon just started, like all of us, I thought it was strange that we had to stay in our homes, but I didn't think it would last very long. I thought it would be two or three weeks max. But what really shocked me was when only a few weeks into the shutdown, we talked to our county medical officer here in San Diego County, who we know personally. At that time, and it was only in April, he said at a public meeting that, quote, we will not be able to get back to normal until there's a vaccine. That set off a red flag for me because as a nurse, I, it didn't seem to make medical sense because I thought, well, how can they say that when they also say that COVID-19 is an unknown virus? They said they didn't know what it was going to do. They said they didn't even know the death rate. How did they know then? And how do they even know now? How long it will take for a safe, effective vaccine to be developed? Usually it takes years. And there's still no vaccine for many viral illnesses like SARS-CoV-1 or MERS. And because viruses mutate, there are different flus every year. Most flu vaccines are usually only between 30 to 50 percent effective. It set me on a path to research vaccines in general, and I've been surprised to find out what I've found out. I discovered people like Bill Gates and the World Health Organization pushing vaccines in the media from the beginning and trying to censor any other voices critical of vaccines. This really got me more curious. Why are they suppressing qualified medical professionals and squashing the debate? So there is very much to talk about with our guest today. Let me introduce our guest. Greg Glazier is the General Counsel and National Coalition Director of Physicians for Informed Consent. Greg is a vaccine rights attorney with a litigation and transactional law background. He's a graduate of UCLA and the University of San Francisco, and as an attorney, he's committed to protecting the fundamental right of informed consent and is devoted to helping doctors write appropriate medical exemptions to vaccination in compliance with California law, SB 277. Greg is also the co-author of the Peaceful and Natural Dignity Act, PANDA, 
a proposed law to protect against forced medication during pandemics. And we're going to be talking with them later today about other aspects of the law, including touching on the control group issue. Mr. Glazier has been called, quote, encyclopedic in his knowledge of vaccines and vaccine law. Greg lives in Copperopolis, California with his wife and daughter, and we're so happy to have him here today. Greg, welcome to the show. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thank you. Greg, you heard me tell what set me on a path researching vaccines. I'd like to know what first started you on your path. You had a personal experience with vaccine injury, didn't you? Well, you know, I came to the issue from a constitutional law perspective. I realized that vaccines were the most invasive form, the most likely method that the government would be able to intrude the human body uh, with the public's knowing and willing consent uh, with the public sort of um, eager with hands, hands raised, banners flying, you know, Mm. let's all get the vaccine. It is the most, uh, the most invasive uh, of, of, um, of medical procedures for that, for that reason. There's so many vaccines and the vaccines are becoming so, um, so much more advanced technologically as, as biotechnology. Uh, A vaccine is a biotechnology, by the way. that it is, it's, it's frightening. I mean, it's frightening on a 1984 level, you know. It mm-hmm. is frightening on a big brother level. And so I came at it from a constitutional law perspective. And the more that I research vaccines, the science behind them, the more that I realize that what we're dealing with is, uh, is, uh, is very deep. It's, it is a dark and deep um, hole that one goes down uh, to find out what, what is in vaccines and what they do to the, the human body. And there's a couple ways to find out that information. One is talk to, well, there's a few ways. You know, you can talk to vaccine scientists. Um, I've done a lot of that. You can talk to families of vaccine-injured children. Um, I've done a lot of that as well. And my favorite is talk to the control group. Talk to unvaccinated, the unvaccinated families. We're talking about the healthiest people on the planet who do not vaccinate. It is remarkable how healthy they are. They don't have anything. They don't have asthma or allergies or autoimmune diseases. They're not suffering from diabetes. They're living longer. They don't have de- premature deaths in the family. It's, it is remarkable to talk to the unvaccinated, and it, it shows you the, the power of God's design. We are meant to be natural. Wow. You touched on a couple of topics there, including the censorship. It, you have to really dig deep to find out anything about the risks, the, the uh, ingredients that are in vaccines. And I do have a personal story of a vaccine injury in my family that I just realized is, is the case. Uh, I, my little sister died at three months old two days after a DPT shot of sudden infant death syndrome. And so now I'm doing this research and I've discovered that there is evidence of a link between SIDS and vaccines. And these studies are not highlighted. They're even suppressed in a lot of cases, uh, but I've found them. And it, I even found that on the package insert of one of the commonly given vaccines to children, it lists sudden infant death syndrome as a as a uh, side effect, a possible side effect. So this is really disturbing. And like you say, it's a rabbit hole that you start going down and you just find out more and more things that, that they do not talk about. So what about some of the ingredients that are in vaccines that are just yeah. questionable? Sure. Well, vaccines have common excipients, uh, you know, common adjuvants uh, in particular. 
and the most um, pernicious might be the neurotoxins yeah. because the the nature of a vaccine is that it, it bypasses your standard filtration systems. You know, when you eat a sandwich, for example, the sandwich might have a trace amount of aluminum, but because it goes into your digestive tract, the aluminum is filtered out and not absorbed into the bloodstream. And But uh, a vaccine is different because a vaccine bypasses your gut and is directed uh, is uh, injected directly into your tissue. And so you have a, a complete absorption rate into the, into the bloodstream. And that aluminum can enter the brain and it can be deposited there with, um, if you research macrophages, you can find out the mechanism. And, and it's not excreted. It just, uh, it's like a delayed incendiary device. The, it's carried to the brain where it's basically coated um, until the coating uh, dissolves over time because the coating is organic. Not the, the coating is what your body produces, mm-hmm. and then but the aluminum is left, and so you you know four months, five months, a year down the road, the covering over the aluminum is gone. Your body's basically your body tries to um, protect you from it, but the aluminum remains, and so you have this delayed incendiary device, and now all of a sudden your your brain is inflaming to with uh, to this common vaccine ingredient, aluminum. And, but it's a year later, you know, it's yeah. a year after you got the vaccine. And so who, who would make that connection? Right. And that's, and that's been part of the, um, part of the great, you know, saga, the great tragedy of vaccines is that the, um, the lack of logic in, in, in connecting the, the vaccine to the injury. Because but yes, there, there's up. so many uh, diseases that this is possibly connected to. I mean, they, they're not willing to do a lot of the studies that need to be done. Although there are studies that are pub, that are published that you can access. And one of the resources that I recommend is Miller's Review of Critical Vaccine Studies. And it's 400 studies. It's a book available on Amazon. And you can access some of these studies that have been done that have not been talked about or not been highlighted or even suppressed. So yeah, before yeah, we, Miller's, uh, yeah, that's that's a good book. I have that in my library. He's also a very nice, nice person and very, very bright. Um, and, Greg, I, I just wanted yeah. to before we move on a little bit, though, I wanted you made a very good explanation of aluminum. But in addition to that, what about mercury and what about some of the other things that I understand and I've read are also present in many vaccines? Sure. Uh, mercury is not required to be listed as an ingredient in vaccines as long as it is under a certain quantity. Uh, of course, mercury in any quantity is a dangerous neurotoxin. Um, yeah, it's but, a poison. But uh, if you look up uh, vaccine excipients on the CDC website, it'll tell you which vaccines contain mercury. And the answer is uh, the flu shot. The flu shot's got mercury. It's called thimerosal. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, it hasn't been phased out of uh, of vaccines. And you also find mercury used in vaccine trials. Uh, you know, if you read the product inserts, the the vaccine um, uh, trials will sh- the the clinical the, uh, the the clinical trials before the vaccine was licensed will show that they this it's what I'm about to say is so shocking you might not even believe it, but what they did. <laughs> What the vaccine manufacturers did is they claimed they were using a placebo control group, but in reality, they injected these poor children with mercury and called it a placebo. And then they compared that to whatever vaccine they were giving. 
And when you think about how crazy that is, like, like just by itself, a placebo is supposed to be an inert substance, supposed to have right. no effect on the human body. Obviously, mercury does. Okay, so just just by itself, like that's an issue, right? Yeah. Secondly, it's unethical. There is literally zero medical benefit of mercury. Why on earth would you inject it into a child unless you were trying to harm them? That is that is scandalous, and so we're going to talk more about this.、Uh, it's really interesting, and in some ways, very disturbing. So、uh, we're going to talk more about the history of vaccines a little bit, and、uh, the need for informed consent around the issue of vaccines. So we'll see you after the break. There is more biblical citizens. Let's roll. Still to come on K Praise. God loves San Diego. This is K Praise, a service of Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis, on K Praise. We are back with Greg Glazer, vaccine rights attorney. We were we we're talking about some of the risks of vaccine injury and some of the things that are not generally known,、uh, and about legal issues.、Uh, I want to talk about the increasing numbers of vaccine doses with these toxic materials, and now it's just up to seventy-two doses. This is really, like you say, it's scandalous that、uh, they don't do the safety testing. We're going to talk more about that, but it's up to seventy-two doses. It used to be four or five, and I understand that in Europe it's only ten. Required doses in a lot of countries. Let, let me just clarify: that doesn't mean you get seventy-two shots, right? But if you get a DPT shot, that's three different doses of vaccine that you're getting in one shot. Right, diphtheria, right. pertussis, tetanus. But altogether, it's like seventy-two doses over the course of the childhood. Right, because you get a booster and a booster、right. and a booster. Right. Okay. Right. So, isn't that really dangerous that we're? Injecting our children with so many toxic materials—that、uh, is correct. It's dangerous on two levels. First is the the overall quantity, the load, the the toxic load that these children are bearing, and secondly, it is dangerous on the fact that it's never been studied. the the、uh, The interaction between these、um, these adjuvants, for example, you know, they don't look at well, how does Uh, aluminum interact with、uh, mercury. You know, if you get the flu shot and it has mercury, and then you also get the、um, uh, an aluminum-containing vaccine, like HPV, for example, then you know, do those interact? And、yeah. independent、uh, research and preliminary research shows they absolutely interact. They're cumulative. They become exponentially more dangerous when given together.、Mm-hmm. But this is not research that is、uh, championed by The,、uh, the pharmaceutical industry, for obvious reasons, you know, they they are only interested in selling the、uh, the vaccines. If I mean, if this was about public health, then we would be following just basic basic math、uh, and basic science, which shows that the reductions in these infectious diseases,、um, all these reductions were caused by improved living conditions、yes. prior to the vaccines.、And、you could just go through just chart by chart and look at it. You know, measles、uh, mortality. It was basically we hardly saw any mortality whatsoever in as early as the 1940s. It was only 20 years later that the vaccine was even introduced, and you find that same trend 
again, you know, go to diphtheria. In the 1940s, it was basically gone. And then uh, by 1940, uh, mortality, diphtheria mortality. And then in 1947, they introduced the diphtheria, tetanus, toxoids uh, vaccine. Um, same for whooping cough. You've got it, uh, it's tailing off. And then you have DTP licensed in 1949. And polio is the big one, right? Everyone talks right. about polio. So this goes against the... The standard reply whenever you hear, whenever I start talking about maybe the dangers of vaccines, people tell me, I've heard this so many times, but, but vaccines eradicated smallpox and polio. And, and that isn't even really true, is it? No, it's, it's not. It's not. And the, the, key, the key for polio is that you have to look at the vaccine uptake rate. So the mortality, the uh, polio disease mortality began dropping off precipitously um, in the early 1950s. And by about 1957, it was just nearly gone. It was near, there was nearly no um, deaths from, from polio. So it was you know, really... About, the, the rate is yeah. less than one person per 100,000 were dying from polio. I mean, so that's it, so it's, small. It seems and, like really a, a sleight of hand that the medical profession or the pharmaceutical companies just grabbed onto that and said that we need these vaccines anyway, even though the death rate had gone so far down already by that time. So we don't, it, the question really is, do, are these needed at all? You know, these vaccines. No, no yeah. Not. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, it is, I mean, vaccines are for people who want to experiment on themselves. You know, I mean, it's the same type of people who want to take, you know, copious quantities of drugs. They might be very interested in vaccines. But, you know, for your average person who wants to trust in, uh, they want to trust in their, their body's design, you know, vaccines are the, the worst thing you could do. Um, well, well, one of the best ways I can put this is, um, let me ask you a question, Kathleen and Brian. Uh, Where is your immune system located? It's all over your body. It's, uh, I know that, yeah. too. I know right. that, too. It's all yeah. over your body. And, and so when you take a vaccine that is designed to infect, to affect all over your body, where might issues pop up? If you're trying to interfere with all over your body, where might you start to see, see, see some issues? You know, if you're injecting toxins into all over your body. Well, your bloodstream and your brain. I, and I your... choose the answer yeah. all over your body. I, <laughs> yeah. think, that, exactly. I think that's I mean, correct. That's, yeah. yeah, which is the point. You know, a vaccine, a vaccine injuries pop up. All, obviously, there's the major ones. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your, your neurodevelopmental delays, autoimmune conditions. But it can come in all sorts of ways. You know, that's diabetes just... is another one. So, so well, I want to mention that uh, a good resource for research researching the question of did vaccines really uh, eradicate smallpox and polio and other diseases is uh, Dr. Susan Humphreys, Dissolving Illusions, Disease, Vaccines, and the Forgotten History. And she went back to the 19th and 20th centuries and uh, looked at the, the exact numbers of cases and when the vaccine came in. And all those graphs that you're mentioning are there. Uh, but we need to yeah, go I on, touch on right. to I another wanna, topic. Right. Is, I want to touch on, Greg, I want to touch on now one of the biggest legal issues, I think, and it affects the whole vaccine situation so much, and that is, and I was surprised, it hasn't been that long ago that I found this out, but 
vaccine manufacturers are not liable for the injuries they cause. Isn't that correct? That is correct. In the uh, in 1986, the vaccine manufacturers passed a special interest law and that law says that they are not liable for injuries caused by vaccines yeah that, that there's said, huge consequences of that right uh, there's, there's huge consequences of that i mean that what other industry has an exemption like that where they don't they're not liable for what they cause the harm right right yeah, it's. I mean, they, they they passed it on the grounds that um, well, they claim they weren't making profits from vaccines, and so if they wanted to be incentivized to continue making these vaccines, which they claimed were saving humanity, when in reality they're causing chronic illness, they're causing untold disease, and they will never count the bodies. But because they claim to be, you know, this great savior, um, they they passed this law. And just just think about this logically for a second, okay? Vaccines are admit they admittedly maim and kill people. Okay, so imagine that you had a defendant, okay, in court, and he he admits he maims and kills people, and you say, well, how many people have you maimed and killed? Oh, don't don't worry about that. I'm I'm on on the balance. I do more good than I harm. It's like really, you know, that's your defense. You so you haven't bothered to count the bodies? No, I do more good. Trust me, I'm the expert. You know, it's like wow, that's I mean how. How has this industry been able to reach such prominence and such just pervasive um, presence throughout society without ever counting the bodies? Wow! That it, and and that that is it's it, that should shock us so yes. much, you know. And and that but that's been the whole point. And the only way you can count the bodies, the only way you can count the number of people. Who have been, who have been maimed and killed by vaccines, and a lot of these deaths are slow deaths. You know, you know, uh, the you know, for example, they'll they'll vaccinate a pregnant woman, and the baby will come out with a birth defect. You know, and the doctor will you know quote unquote save the baby. You know, who's now just has is going to have a terrible life. It's going to be special needs for the you know the rest of their life, and it's just so hard. You know, and then uh, what do they say? You know, thanks doc for saving the baby. It's like. Wow, you know, the doctor harmed the baby by vaccinating the mother, you know, and they don't see that. And it's just this weird, perverse system of messing with God's design. And so, uh, but the point about, just to jump back to liability, is that the, the vaccine manufacturers do not have an incentive to produce what they would call safe vaccines. There is no such thing as a safe vaccine, by the way. They are categorically unsafe. Well, Greg, but, you know, yeah. I I used to work I used to work in big pharma. I worked in the headquarters of Eli Lilly and Company, and I know that clinical trials and as you know, and safety trials are very very expensive. So it seems to me that again, if you don't have any financial liability for side side effects, then I could imagine that they could lead people within the corporation to say maybe we don't want to spend the millions of dollars on this additional testing just just from a financial standpoint uh, not to mention maybe being worried about what might be discovered but just from pure financial um, I can see why they might curtail safety testing it, doesn't that make sense it does yeah 
It's a scandal, though. I want to wow. I want to touch on one more thing before we we're we're almost uh, reaching the end of our episode here, but. Very important. Back when I worked for Eli Lilly, uh, drug companies were not allowed to advertise directly to consumers. I mean, it wasn't even thought about. It. The idea was that consumers just don't have the medical and scientific background to intelligently make decisions about what drugs they should have prescribed to them. But this changed, and it's changed so, so dramatically that pharmaceutical ads now supply 50, 60, 70 percent of the revenues of many programs, many news programs, the the financial, it, it, they have such deep pockets. And wouldn't you say, Greg, that this could also affect the media and how they report or don't report on vaccines because they have so much of their revenues coming in from Big Pharma? I know it. I know it's, it, is, it is a systemic problem. And it's interesting in history when when a when a villain becomes so villainous like they become so obvious in their method it's actually kind of helpful you know because they they expose themselves you know and i think that's what's happening with this corporate media and with big pharma is that they've gotten so villainous in you know they they just couldn't help themselves they just had to go and make more of these unneeded vaccines, like the HPV is a classic example. They just couldn't help themselves. You know, they had to go push Antifa on the populace. It's like, oh, wow. yeah. they, they, they made themselves so blatant. Greg, I'm going to, I'm going to make you, I'm going to, I'm going to have to cut you off for this episode, but we've only touched on half the things and we're going to, we're going to make sure that we interview you again next week. So I'm going to sign off for today, but we have a lot of really important information to cover, and we're going to cover it next week again with Mr. Greg Glazier. Thanks, Greg, so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.